Thank you, Marion. Uh, as you realize, today's speaker is Dr. Laura Hart. Now, Dr. Laura Hart is a senior research fellow at the Center for Mental Health within the Melbourne School of Population and Global Health at the University of Melbourne. Dr. Hart has been working in the population mental health for over a decade. Her research focuses on developing, evaluating, and disseminating training programs for the public to improve prevention, awareness, and help-seeking for mental illness. Her research has been recognised with multiple awards, including a 2019 Society for Mental Health Research, an Australian Rotary Health Research Impact Award, and a 2017 Australia Endeavour Award to spend six months working with Harvard University's Strategic Training Initiative the Prevention of Eating Disorders in Boston, USA. Laura is currently working on two programs, Confident Body, Confident Child is a parenting program to promote body satisfaction, balanced eating patterns, and physical activity in the children of two to six years of age. The Teen Mental Health First Aid program is training course for secondary school students to learn how to assist a peer who is developing a mental health problem or experience a mental health crisis, such as thinking about suicide. Laura is also a mum to two people, both young boys who are constantly teaching her about child development. I'll now hand over to Laura to tell us about her work with um, teen crisis. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Richard. Thank you, Marion. Thanks to the Rotary Club of Melbourne for having me today. It's a great honour to present my work to the club. I just want to check, can everyone hear me okay? Great. And can everyone see my PowerPoint slide? Excellent. Thank you so much. So in today's presentation, I'm going to talk about mental illness in young people and why it's an important problem to be focusing on. I'm going to give you an overview of the Teen Mental Health First Aid Program and talk about how we developed it and how we've been evaluating it with funding from Australian Rotary Health. And I want to finish by talking about the really important role of Australian Rotary Health funding in promoting mental health research. So to begin, mental illnesses in young people are unfortunately very common. And if you can imagine a classroom of 28 students aged 12 to 17, so maybe your child or your grandchild, your niece or your nephew, in any one year in that classroom of 28, four students will experience a diagnosable mental illness or one in seven. And these students, if they were to go to the doctor and describe their symptoms, would be diagnosed with a mental illness. One of the reasons why it's really important to be aware of mental illnesses in young people is because adolescence is a time of great change and developmental goals being achieved. And mental illness can disrupt these goals. We know that students with symptoms of mental illness are more likely to miss school and have lower school achievement. They have more problems with relationships, relationship breakdown, social isolation, and more likely to experience problems with substance misuse. And these two problems exacerbate symptoms of mental illness, starting a really negative cycle. We also know that people who experience mental illness in adolescence have lower economic outcomes, lower engagement in the workforce, and are more likely to experience long-term physical impacts 
and other mental illnesses as well. And this stops young people from being able to finish school, to get a job, to start to move away from the family as the primary point of social contact and towards their peers. And mental illness in adolescence therefore can create lifelong burden and disability. One of the ways to stop this from happening is to ensure that young people seek appropriate treatment early when the symptoms begin. But we know from surveys of young people who meet criteria for mental illnesses, when we ask them, did you seek help in the past 12 months for these symptoms, 65% say that they had seen a GP or a psychologist or psychiatrist, but of course that means that 35% had not. So help seeking is unfortunately too low for early intervention to have a really um, positive impact. The other thing we know about mental illness in young people is that when young people do reach out to speak about their mental health, they really prefer to do this with their peers or with their parents. So they don't typically want to go to school staff or to mental health professionals from the outset. What they first want to do is talk about their mental health with their friends. And an issue with this is that friends and family are often not knowledgeable or skilled in how to provide appropriate support to someone who's struggling with their mental health or how to refer to appropriate professional help. So what do we do about this issue of mental illness in young people? And how can we get them to seek early and appropriate help? Well, one of the ways that we know is to provide community members with mental health first aid training. Mental health first aid is defined as the help that is provided to someone who is developing a mental health problem or experiencing a mental health crisis until appropriate help is received or the crisis resolves. Mental health first aid training has been provided in Australia since the year 2000. It was created by Professor Tony Jorm and his wife Betty Kitchener. OM, who are both Rotarians, and since their wonderful work in the year 2000, it's been a radically successful program. More than 3% of the Australian adult population have received training in how to provide mental health first aid. More than 3 million people across the world in 25 different countries have received training. And there are now different training courses for different populations. So one example is the Youth Mental Health First Aid course which has been designed for adults who are working and living with young people to teach them about why adolescence tends to be the time when most mental illnesses start or onset for the first time and how to help young people navigate help seeking for their mental health problems. And this program is typically presented to parents of adolescents, grandparents, as well as teachers, pastoral care and health professionals. Teen Mental Health First Aid was begun development in 2012 and we created this program to meet the needs of young people in high school, those aged 12 to 17 or 13 to 18, depending on um, what year you enter high school and finish. And we define teen mental health first aid a little bit differently from the adult program. So here the definition of first aid is the help you can give a friend with a mental health problem or a friend in a mental health crisis until a reliable and trusted adult can take over. So in this program, the focus is on seeking adult help and the adult then takes over responsibility for ensuring the young person can seek appropriate professional help or use strategies to help manage their symptoms. We provide a program that is three sessions long. It's typically taught one session per week over three weeks. 
and their 75 minute classroom based sessions that are provided by a trained mental health first aid instructor. So Mental Health First Aid Australia trains the instructors who then go into local schools where they live and provide that training. The program includes videos, a PowerPoint presentation, student workbooks and lots of activities and group discussion. And I'm now going to give you an overview of the program so you get a bit of a flavour for what we're presenting in schools. In session one, we talk about what mental health problems are, and we define mental health problems as changes in a young person's thoughts, feelings or behaviours, which disrupts their ability to study, to work, to carry out their daily activities or have satisfying relationships with others. And these changes are not fleeting, they impact on the person's life over a period of time. We also encourage young people to think about the difference between unhelpful and helpful thoughts and how our thinking can influence our emotions, which in turn influences our behaviour. And by understanding these relationships, it helps us and the students to understand the variety of ways in, without, in which our mental health can impact on every single component of our life. We present lived experience videos of two young people called Luke and Ali who share their stories of moving through high school with mental illness, what their friends, their family and their health professionals did to not only recognise their symptoms but to help them seek help as well. We also show a video that's navigated by a young person about how to seek professional help. And this is specifically designed to reduce barriers to help seeking that we know young people carry. So young people often have concerns about how do I access a psychiatrist or a psychologist? How do I get a referral? How much are they going to cost? And what will they tell my parents? So this young person, this video shows interviews with a school counsellor, a psychologist and a psychiatrist and tries to overcome barriers or concerns that young people might have about seeking help. In session two, we look at how to help a friend in a mental health crisis, and we define a mental health crisis as when there's an increased risk of harm to either the young person with the mental health problem, the first aider, or anyone else around them. So crisis situations include when a young person's thinking about suicide, is engaging in non-suicidal self-injury, is experiencing bullying or abuse, or is severely intoxicated with alcohol or other drugs. We teach an action plan that has five points, just like our Dr. ABCD physical first aid action plan. So our points include look for warning signs, ask how they are, listen up, help them connect with an adult, and your friendship is important. And we shorten this to the mnemonic, look, ask, listen, help your friend. We also show a video called Mates, and this shares the journey of friends Matt and Josh. Josh is showing symptoms of depression and suicidal thinking, and his friend Matt is trying to recognise what's going on with him and help him to seek help. Matt has to ask Josh, is he thinking about suicide, and then navigate to speak help, seek help from his adult sister. So this shows mental health first aid in action for young people. And when we evaluate the program, we hear from young people that the videos are one of the most effective and engaging parts of the course. We also, in session two, focus very specifically on confidentiality and what to do if your friend who's having trouble won't tell an adult, because we know that this is a really significant barrier to seeking help. 
we talk about all the reasons why when there is a risk of harm, it's important to break confidentiality to save lives. In session three, we take a step back from the pointy end of helping in a mental health crisis to talking about how we might help someone who's developing a mental health problem. And here again, we go through the action plan, but instead of focusing on crisis first aid, we look at what are some of the warning signs that someone may be becoming unwell and encourage young people to look for early warning signs, to think about what are the kinds of things you would see when someone's thoughts, feelings and behaviours are starting to be changed and impacted by a mental health problem. And this encourages young people to seek help early, to get early intervention, rather than wait for all the alarm bells to be ringing. We also come back to Luke and Ali, and Ali tells a really poignant story of how one of her friends broke her confidentiality and went to the school counsellor because she was concerned about Ali. And at the time, Ali was so angry with her friend for doing this, but now that she's better, now that she's been prompted in her treatment-seeking journey by her friend and the school counsellor, she really appreciates what her friend did. And Luke talks about the important role that his family and friends played in recognising his symptoms. We also finish with a third part of talking about it. And Luke and Ali talk about their recovery and how they're thriving now with relationships and jobs so that we finish on a really uplifting note. Finally, in the course, we encourage young people to think about the social networks that they have, the people and adults who they would feel comfortable talking to about their mental health. And we provide them with websites and helplines that they can access for free 24 hours a day. Because we know that if young people plan how to reach out, how to seek help, that then they're much more likely to do this when they need to. I now want to turn to talking about the specific role of Australian Rotary Health in funding some of the research that's been evaluating our program. So in 2014, we were successful in obtaining an Australian Rotary Health mental health research grant to evaluate our program. To do this, we enrolled four public schools in metropolitan Melbourne that ranged from very large inner metro schools to smaller outer suburban schools that have a, a very high proportion of students with English as a second language. For our trial, we enrolled the whole cohort of a school's year 10 students. So every student in year 10 at those four schools participated in our trial. And in the first year, two schools got teen mental health first aid. And in the second year, all four schools were randomised to receive either teen mental health first aid or physical first aid. So we evenly balanced teen mental health first aid with a control training program provided by Red Cross Australia, which was physical first aid. And it was three sessions of 75 minutes in length as well. It taught the Dr ABCD first aid action plan and focused on physical injuries and illnesses that are common in adolescence. So a well-matched program. Over the years of the trial, we trained 989 students in team, 953 students in a physical first aid, which brought us to just under 2000 students in this trial. In order to evaluate these programs, we completed online surveys and students did the in their regular classroom time, one week before they received any training, one week after all three training programs had been completed, and 12 months after all of their training had been completed when they were in year 11. 
In these surveys, we provided vignettes, one about John and one about Jeannie. The John vignette described a young boy who was experiencing symptoms of depression and suicidal thoughts, and the Jeannie vignette described a young woman who had symptoms of social anxiety. And what we found was that students who received teen mental health first aid were significantly better at describing quality mental health first aid intentions towards John and Jeannie, had more confidence in helping a peer like John or Jeannie, had lower stigmatising attitudes and more likely to seek help for mental health problems than the peers who had received physical first aid training. Importantly, when we looked at specific first aid strategies for students at risk of suicide, we found that students who had received teen mental health first aid were six times more likely than students who had received physical first aid to say they would ask John specifically if he were thinking about suicide. And we know that asking someone if they're thinking about suicide is one of the most important factors in suicide prevention. Without asking, we don't know what their risk is. And if they say yes, we know that we can engage a range of support strategies like staying with the person or ringing a crisis helpline. Without asking that question, it's incredibly difficult to engage these strategies. So this program was really importantly effective in increasing this very important part in suicide prevention. I now wanna talk about the role of Australian Rotary Health in mental illness research. And I wanna say that there are very few opportunities for funding mental illness research in Australia. So the government provides funding for mental illness research through the National Health and Medical Research Council, but it's incredibly difficult to obtain because you're up against childhood cancers and a whole range of other illnesses and mental illnesses often deprioritise, especially prevention programs. So Australian Rotary Health is one of the largest non-government funders of mental illness research, and they've had this focus since the year 2000. And I would say their special focus on prevention is incredibly important because in order to be um, competitive with the NHMRC grants, you need to have data to show that your program is likely to be effective, and you need to be able to show that you've done a lot of pilot work and that you know how to run a really robust trial. And Australian Rotary Health funding allows you to have the data and the skills to show that you can be um, effective at that really high level. I would also say that Australian Rotary Health funding is important in employing young researchers. So obtaining NHMRC funding is really difficult, especially for young women with children. And so having this stepping stone is really important in securing the careers of young researchers. So this is me with my young family. And I just wanted to note that I have been really um, incredibly grateful to Australian Rotary Health as the recipient of research funding for the teen program, but also via a Colin Dodds postdoctoral research fellowship to evaluate a parenting program called Confident Body, Confident Child, which is for parents of two to six year olds to help teach parents how to teach their children about healthy eating without negatively impacting on body image or weight. So it's an eating disorders and obesity prevention program. I want to touch now too on three points about what Australian Rotary Health funding for the teen program has resulted in. So the first is that it's resulted in data on safety and efficacy of the teen program. Last year, we published this paper on the suicide outcomes for young people. So just how much the skills and knowledge of young people who receive teen 
increased in how to support their peers at risk of suicide. And this created quite a large amount of media interest because this is one of the first uh, suicide prevention programs that can be thought of as safe and effective. And schools are being encouraged to roll this out really broadly. And we're currently having conversations at the policy making level with governments around funding this on a statewide and nationwide basis. The other thing that the Australian Rotary Health funding allowed us to do with the conclusion of the trial is to know that this was safe and effective to disseminate on the national level. So more than 75,000 students across Australia have now received the teen program and Mental Health First Aid Australia has more than 300 teen instructors who can deliver the program in schools in all states and territories across Australia. We also now have nine licensees, so the program is now available internationally. And I want to talk about one success story in particular in the USA. So a very famous pop star called Lady Gaga in America runs a charity called the Born This Way Foundation with her mother. And the Born This Way Foundation focuses on teen mental health. And they funded in partnership with Mental Health First Aid USA, the license, the adaptation of the materials for the American context, and the very first pilot of teen mental health first aid in USA. And because she's such an enormous pop star, this garnered huge worldwide attention. And I almost feel like a rock star myself, having uh, graced the covers of Rolling Stone with this program. So a huge achievement for a little Australian mental health program. And just to I guess, exemplify what kind of impact this is having for young people. I'd just like to show you a quick video that Lady Gaga made in partnership with Mental Health First Aid USA. I'm just going to switch now to YouTube and hopefully you'll be able to see this through your Zoom. So in finishing, Sorry, let's go back to apologies. In finishing, I would just like to acknowledge all the important work of Rotarians around Australia who raise money for Australian Rotary Health. Australian Rotary Health funds uh, researchers to take steps in their careers. It funds really important mental health research that grow into impactful programs. But importantly, the research turns into better mental health outcomes for young people. And I'm incredibly grateful for all the work that you do in fundraising for Australian Rotary Health. Thank you.